Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Sarah Grady is a former psychotherapist turned spiritual teacher, author, and doula. She guides women who feel lost in their lives to find their way back home. Through her unique process called homecoming, Sarah teaches how to access the wisdom of our bodies so we can unapologetically align with a life that lights us up. Also, the name of her recently released book, Homecoming, A Feminine GPS for a Lost World, guides you through the seven sacraments of the goddess, which also aligns with the chakras in an interactive experience in the journey of your own homecoming. I'm also super honoured to call Sister Sarah one of my best friends around the world as we supported each other through the pandemic and we still do to this day, since we first met first time round on this very podcast. I hope you enjoy the love, the synchronicity and joy we share when the two of us get together. Welcome back, Sarah, to The Ethical Evolution. Oh, thank you so much, Bindi, for having me. It's such a joy to see your face. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this day for ages. So um, for, you know, people who listen to the show, they would have uh, possibly heard uh, the previous episode we did together, which we've just worked out was like a year and a half ago. And which uh, was transformational, I think, uh, that moment uh, for us both. And um, back then you were talking about uh, a book and also the seven sacraments of the goddess, which we're going to talk about today, which has really come to life since we last spoke. But mm-hmm. before we get started, for those people who haven't heard that episode, go ahead and tell us who you are. Sure, Absolutely. <clears throat> So my name is Sarah Grady, and I'm a former psychotherapist turned spiritual teacher, author, and doula. And I teach a body of work called Homecoming. And this process is all about coming back home to our bodies, our relationships, and the earth through seven feminine principles that um, got channeled to me and through me via the frequency known as Mary Magdalene. And, um, and these seven principles are called the seven sacraments of the goddess. I absolutely love that. And I think that's why you and I align, you and I align so closely 
And, um, you know, uh, what we're going to talk, talk about today is, is your book, Homecoming, which I've got right here in front of me in my hot little hands here in Australia. You've got one there <laughs> in Savannah. Um, and I'm absolutely honoured to have written the first review in your book, uh, which, you know, um, like I've never read a book like this or experienced a book like that. You experience it. You don't read it. Um, you, it, it basically embodies you. Uh, because, uh, as I said to you and in the review, it's like, as you're reading it, it's like, and it's one of those ones you can't put down, by the way, um, as you're reading it, um, it's like, you're sitting right here with me holding my hand and, Mm. and taking me through that journey. Like you're present in that moment as I'm experiencing it. Um, Mm. have you got that feedback from anybody else? Yes. Yes. Actually from, from many people. And I have to say, every time I receive that feedback, it is like the simultaneous, most deep sigh of relief and like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) like yes, mission accomplished because so when I say the words, the seven sacraments of the goddess, like that sounds so woo woo and lofty <laughs> and very fairy and blah, 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 blah. Right. And that's not who I am. The seven sacraments of the goddess came to me. It's a funny story. It's a story that I write in the beginning of the book called the origin story. Mm. Right. And, and at the end of that section, I basically say, insert joke about, you know, when an old Jewish man and a millennial priestess meet in Berkeley, California, mm. <laughs> like, mm. this is what happens. And basically through this cosmic meeting of meeting this Jewish elder in um, a modern day priestess temple that I was working in, in California, I was given my sacred assignment from life. And this is what it was called. And, and because that's what it was called. And because I received this energetic transmission, like I'm not going to fuck with what it's called, (laughs) But I want to be very, very, very clear that I am not some spiritual teacher or guru on a mountaintop, like pretending to be perfect or any of that. Like I'm a real woman who went through real life hardships and initiations and wild journeys and all sorts of things. And this body of work came to me and through me because I needed it. Mm. And then after it had been working on me and alchemizing my life, and I started to come out the other side of that process feeling so much healthier and better and balanced and honestly, just more me. Mm. I'm like, holy shit, this is who I am. And I am so unapologetically proud of it. And I radiate it out in the world now. Like if I can feel that, how can I help other people feel that without needing to go through a midlife crisis or get cancer or fill in the blank, right? So all that is to say is that when I decided to start writing this book two years ago, I had a choice point. I was Mm. like, well, I can be the author of the seven sacraments of the goddess, or I can just be myself, Mm. (laughs) you know, and I can just write this book the way I would speak it to somebody if they were sitting in front of me. And that was the editorial choice that I chose. Mm. Um, And I think that that was both the editorial choice, but it was also the spiritual choice. 
for me mm. to fully expose my full voice, my full frequency, and not hide behind anything. Mm. Yeah, it is absolutely 100% authentic. Uh, that is for sure. And and because I know you, it's like, I'm, you know, I, I know the story in the book already, but it's sort of like, you know, I was like, yeah, there she is, you know. Like she's showing up. <laughs> there she is. Um, but you know, to the point where you know you you don't you don't hide anything. You don't sugarcoat anything. Uh, all the expletives are there. Uh, and oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck is my favorite word. <laughs> which which I love. I'm like yes, sister. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the other cool thing, and we'll go we'll go through the the structure of, of what you've done here because I think it is absolute genius. Um, but um, one of the things that you do in the book, which I absolutely love, and I'm starting to see more of, particularly in my little spiritual circles, is um, having uh, the space, and I'm using that word purposely, space, to actually have your own thoughts in the book and write them down like a journal. That has a bigger meaning than you think when you mm. sit back and sink into it mm. because that's how you experience the book. It's not just you read the words, you take them in and you have a think about what that means to you. It's you then apply that to yourself. Mm. And I, I just love that, that it becomes more than a book. It's more than a book. I love it. You got it. Like you get it. You get it on every level. You get it, right? Of course you do because you do, but like really, um, it was very, very clear to me that I, that this, well, first of all, the title of the book is called Homecoming. I should have probably said that. (laughs) That's okay. We're like, let's just jump in because we're best friends. um, Homecoming, a feminine GPS for a lost world because- Lord. Mm-hmm. I started writing this book when the pandemic first hit and that just illuminated how unbelievably lost we all were as a global society. Mm. And that now more than ever, we needed a GPS, a compass internally, not externally, but internally to help us navigate basically the fall of the old world and the birth of a new one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the things just on that is, um, yeah. If you were, you know, particularly a woman who was reading this and didn't know you um, or me or the kind mm-hmm. of circles that we're in and our understanding, um, it could be a real awakening. Like, you know, if they're not aware of how disconnected and you know, lost they are within the structure of things, like it can be a real awakening. Yeah. It can be confronting, mm. right? And so, so a couple of things. One, I I recognize that when I went to go write this book, like we needed in real time um, tools and practices for people to navigate the incredible waves of change that were happening. And, And so I wanted to do that threefold. I wanted to share the transmission of what each of these seven sacraments are in small, digestible, almost like divine feminine Bible verses kind Mm. of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I wanted to have my personal antidotes as a teaching moment. And then I wanted to have an entire workbook section so that like 
for every kind of learner that there is, there could be at least one way of accessing this wisdom and the personal creation of whatever that GPS needed to be mm. at any given moment. Um, and I trust, I put a big prayer over this book on the day it got published, um, which happened to be the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned mm. in the United States, reversing um, abortion rights for women in this country. Yep. So I put a prayer over the book to say, <clears throat> please get this book in exactly the right hands that need it the ones who need it and the ones who are ready for it. I do not care if it's a New York Times bestseller. I don't care how wide it can go. I want it to go deep with the ones who need it now. Mm. And so to that end, if, if you are called to pick up this book, you might feel confronted. You might feel uncomfortable. But there's something underneath all of that that is your readiness. You wouldn't, this book wouldn't come into your life if you weren't ready for it. Mm. If you weren't going, okay, something's not working. There's got to be a better way. Maybe this is that better way. Mm. Yeah. And uh, just, just going through it, it's, you know, I've read a lot of books that are, are similar in a way and, I, and I've spoken to you about that and um, you do it in a way that no one else does. Like it just it just makes it easier to to be a part of the process. But one thing I, I really love, and I'm like, I already knew this about what you do, but when it was put in the book, I was like, oh, I like that. And that is um, how you apply the seven sacraments in the rose. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, lo- I love that you love that. Yeah. Because so, it's a, a real visual way of, of understanding it. Yeah. Mm. So the, for those who didn't tune into our first episode, when I talked about the seven sacraments of the goddess, I mentioned that each sacrament correlates to each chakra in mm. the body, mm. uh, at least the core seven chakras. There's more than seven. But when it was given to me through Mary, um, you know, sacrament one starts at the base of the spine with the first chakra, which radiates that glorious red color. And then we move up and up and up and up and up. And... I wanted a graphic for people in the book to see that in one space. And at first I thought about just putting that on a woman's body. And then uh, my, my graphic designer actually got back to me with a mock-up of that. And I was like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) like, first of all, no, because I, even though I am a woman and I wrote this book for women, I also hope men pick it up Mm. and all senders pick it up. And I write that at the beginning of the book, you know? Um, And so I wanted to make it gender neutral and accessible to everyone. And because this work came to me and through me via the Magdalene lineage, which is the Rose lineage, Mm. I'm going to honor the Rose lineage And there's not a single human being on the planet that is not affected by the beauty and the power and the potency of the rose. Mm. It's like a universal symbol. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And regardless of your gender, like every single one of those sacraments like applies, absolutely applies. Um, So we may not go through all of the, the sacraments because we've been through them previously, but I'm going to ask you something that <laughs> is almost like asking someone who their favourite child is. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like, you know, 
what what in here is the most meaningful part for you? Like what is your most favourite part? You go, yes, I love that bit. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> the The first thing that comes up for me is sacrament three, no apologies. Mm. No apologies. Because I... I was raised to be a good little girl, <laughs> you know, as most women around the world are, I was not raised to be wild, to be sexual, to be, um, in touch with my anger or grief or rage or shadow. I was raised to be a good little girl and that never sat well with me, um, And it didn't set well with me in religious contexts, you know? So like I grew up Catholic and I write about that in the book. (laughs) Like, this is a hard no for me. Why do I feel so bad and so wrong? Like there's gotta be a better way. Mm. Um, But then it didn't sit well with me in life, you know? Um, And so when this sacrament came through me originally, the title for it was unapologetic joy. And then I kept working the sacrament again and again and again. And Mary had said this to me in the original download. She was like, I'm going to give these sacraments to you in one sitting. They're Mm. really simple. They're not easy. Change the language to fit your culture and the context. And after practicing unapologetic joy for however many years, I realized the whole point of that was to just not apologize. And I thought the most radical thing women can do in the face of the patriarchy is to stop apologizing for shining bright, for being beautiful, for taking up space, for being intelligent, sexual, raw, powerful creators of life. Let's fucking own it. Mm -hmm. And that is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) and exhilarating in all of the ways. And so I feel like Um, this is my favorite sacrament because it's the like most explicit permission slip in the book to just be you. And when you are fully you watch the miracles that happen, watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing I've always said about you is that uh, it's hard to put into words, Um, but it is like, um, you are that unapologetic woman who, like, you just, you embody the whole thing. Like, there's no holding back. There's no, couldn't give a shit what anybody <laughs> thinks. It's like full tilt, you know. It's like whatever, you know. And and that that you just scream that literally. And that can be hard for some women to embrace. Yeah. Well, there's something that I want to speak to in that, which is that um, I knew something was terribly wrong as a young child. And so I worked my butt off as the good girl to score the highest on every exam, to get all of the marks, all of the things on my curriculum, resume, like everything so I could get the hell out of my hometown and go to school and basically start my life Mm. is how it felt. And I went to um, a private performing arts college, Emerson College in Boston, to study theater. And I remember feeling like at age 18, I finally took my first breath. Mm. And those 
first years in Boston studying to be an actress surrounded by other creatives and people who colored outside of the lines and, and like didn't apologize for being funny or brilliant or weird or whatever and they owned it it was like the best education I could have received mm. learning how to be an actress was literally just like icing on the cake <laughs> <laughs> and once I tasted that I couldn't untaste it mm. so every moment after that that was literally half of my life so I'm 36 years old now and for the first 18 years, I was a good girl. And I've now officially lived 18 years out of that good girl archetype. Not that it hasn't been two steps forward, <laughs> one step back, right? <laughs> um, but I've consciously chosen to move out of that and into something more authentic. And um, I keep allowing myself to feel the power and the potency of that more and more every year. Mm. Yeah, amen. Um, now, you know that I speak to a lot of authors on this show and I even narrate books for authors. And um, so, you know, the praise I'm giving you is is not, not light by any means, but um, I have had people on here who teach A Course in Miracles, as you, you would know. Um, and one of the things I love to do uh, if I have the book that we're talking about is to let um, the universe choose a page. And <laughs> I've just done that while you were talking. So I've just let it fall where it may. I've okay. just let spirit find its page. And we were talking about no apologies, okay? Yeah. Uh, so I've landed on page 103 in, in my book here. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> There's no mistakes, right? So the, the page we've landed on is, I'll read it for you, no is a complete sentence. Stop cloaking your no in an explanation. Explaining yourself is apologising for yourself. I'm not available is also a complete sentence. Use it as a response with no other explanation and see how edgy, liberating, perhaps scary, that really fucking awesome that feels. <laughs> then do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't make this shit up. No, no. And look, you know, um, many people don't know that uh, since we last were on the podcast together, you and I have, have almost messaged each other daily through the pandemic <laughs> to support each other, um, you know, with angel cards and all kinds of stuff. And there was one day I remember we pulled the same card. Do you remember that? On the opposite sides of the world. <laughs> God, that's right. And there's that's no right. way you can make that shit up. Like <laughs> it was the, exactly the same card. Like it was incredible. Yeah, and I, and as you're speaking that, I'm – remembering in one of those particular card pulls it might have even been around me moving to savannah and like mm. finally pulling the plug on that and just saying i'm gonna fucking go for it where i just remember you saying like are you gonna expand or are you gonna contract right the universe is offering you this opportunity to expand and you already know it and you already feel it and like you're already driving there every six weeks of your life anyway so like what are you doing just go right take the leap 
And, um, and, and because I've been teaching this work for a while, I mean, my lens for the whole world is now through these sacraments. So in that moment and in this now moment, it's like sacrament five, gather your people. Our healing doesn't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And so like I knew, I already knew in my body what the answer was, but I needed you to be that mirror to reflect that back to me. And that was the ticket to me trusting myself. Mm. And I think that that is, um, that bolsters our faith and our capacity to be unapologetic when we have other people cheering us on to do the same. Mm. Absolutely. So and, and yes, and I, I'm so glad to to be that mirror for you. Um, but you know, the absolute joy that you've experienced since you've got to Savannah, I think like that that is the biggest reward ever uh, to see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The, there's this author, this beautiful author, her name is Tokopa Turner, and she the expression she uses um is like something that you've always never known. Mm. It could be a person, it could be a place, a a piece of land. I've always never known it. And that's how Savannah felt to me when I arrived here. And Savannah, Georgia is significant for me because it's where I started writing this book. I took myself away for a weekend very early on in the pandemic. And I got rerouted from Ireland to Savannah. And I was like, okay, well, here I am. And I'm going to start writing this book. And from the moment I drove into town and I saw the Spanish moss covered oak trees, I was like, I have always, but never known this place. Mm. And now that I know it, I can't unknow it. This is home. Mm. And when you read the book, at the end of the book, I talk about the significance of Savannah specifically in my homecoming journey and how place is a part of home but we can only experience that externally in a place or with another person once we've experienced it internally. So from beginning to end, this book is like moving you from the internal to the external of home. Well, I'm glad I could be part of that journey and giving that little nudge you needed. (laughs) (laughs) And back to that, um, that no saying no no, and uh, having no explanation for it, it's one thing that we do a bloody lot, isn't it? Like, no, because i got to do this or no, because I did blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, stop. Yeah. It's just no. Stop. No. Yeah. And no yeah. is okay. No is absolutely okay. Yeah, well, and so the reason, the reason that no apologies is what it is is because as good little girls, we've been trained to people please. Mm. And that's how we stay safe in patriarchal systems, right? We're safe if we please others and we make them feel comfortable. But then our power and our pleasure is always outside of us. And so over time, we stop even being able to discern, well, what do I want? Mm. What do I like? What do I feel? What do I know? And so no apologies is about, oh, I know something and I feel it and I want it and I need it. And I like, I, I am taking ownership of my energy and my experience. And I actually don't care how that makes you feel. Mm. 
And that's not to say, go be a raging bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's just to say that actually when people take responsibility for their own experience, then the energetics between people is clear. And there's not all this weird, funky behavior and blaming and shaming and manipulating and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, this is just what it is. And it's either for you or it's not. And so to put it in the personal, for me, my no, my yes is only as strong as my no. And when I'm clear with people about what is a yes and what is a no, they respect me more. Mm. They know how to stand in that yes or no with me. And the world starts to organize around that. And then ultimately, because it does, I like myself a lot better. Mm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I've had the conversation with you before where it's not a yes, it's a fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. There's, if you feel like a uh, maybe, like that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's either a holy hell yes or it's a no, right? There's not a whole lot of gray in between. And if you're feeling like there is some gray or there's a little bit of confusion, often it's because you either need more information or you're in a place of should, mm. which is really like, I feel guilty. I should do this thing when I don't want to, but, and it's, it's outsourcing. It's not insourcing what you know to be true for yourself. Mm. Um, I, I had a rule with, uh, well, a rule with my uh, sound healer. I was never allowed to use the word should. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> because you'll should all over yourself. Uh, so yes. yes, I'm not allowed to use that word. Uh, it's no. just not appropriate. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't no. serve anyone. No, actually. no. And since, you know, I've, um, sort of taken that kind of stuff on and have just, you know, stood up, shown up, been me authentically, there's people who fear me. <laughs> there's people who are intimidated by me. Um, they're downright scared of me because I will stand my ground and I can justify everything I want and need and they, they don't know how to handle it, you know. So, But it's also on the, on the flip side that th- there's an energy that comes with it. When you walk into a room, people know you're there. Like oh, yeah. they know you're there and you show up. So it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> It's, you're not like anyone else in the room. No. Mm. And so I, I love that you brought that up because I often find that the reason women especially choose to not show up in that energy is because they're afraid of other people's responses. Like, oh my God, if I really show up in that, I'm going to lose all my friends. Mm. All right. There's like a scarcity versus an abundance mindset that kind of clicks in. And, um, people on the outside might appear to be afraid of you when you're fully rooted in your power, but what's really going on is they're so deeply envious of you mm-hmm. and they want to know how they, they want what you're having, yeah. right? <laughs> like, I, want, I want to eat what you've eaten, you know, like they really just want to be invited into that. Mm. force field and learn how to embody that for themselves. Mm. And so being unapologetically ourselves is really about inviting other people to do the same 
And when I'm so fully at home and who I am and I, and I feel good in my body and my spirit and the ways in which I'm showing up in service in the world and in my communities and, and all of these things, I'm not in competition with anyone. Mm. Everyone is another brother or sister on the path and we're all walking each other home as Ram Dass said, right? Yeah. And there's room for everyone in that, in that conversation or at the table. Um, and there's no need to be afraid. No, no. And imagine if we were all like that and we all, you know, stood up, showed up, there wouldn't be that um, competition or even half of those thoughts that go on. Um, no. But um, so as a bit of a, you know, summary, I know we uh, go through the seven sacraments in the book. Do you want to give us a bit of a wrap-up on why someone should grab your book? <laughs> I love this question. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to speak the seven sacraments out loud first. So whoever's listening to this can hear them, receive them, have an experience with them. And then I'll talk about why they may be the right thing for you right now. So sacrament one is slow down, slow way down. Sacrament two is honor your body as a temple. Sacrament three is no apologies. Sacrament four is heart compass. Sacrament five is gather your people. Sacrament six is above all else, trust yourself. And sacrament seven is embrace the mystery. I feel like the people who need this book the most are incredibly hardworking, motivated, driven, like smart women. Mm. right who've been doing all the right things and they can't figure out why they're so exhausted they're unhappy their sex life their financial life their relationship life is like not reflecting or creating fruits for all the hard work right and they're just going like I shouldn't be this tired right life should feel a different way and so in short, people who are ready to drop out of head and into heart, into the body, um, and are ready to come home. Mm. This, this book, sure, could be for, you know, the yogi that's living off the grid in Hawaii somewhere, <laughs> sure. But I was not that girl, mm. right? Mm. Like I was a psychotherapist in San Francisco doing high trauma work with at-risk youth losing my hair, having breast lumps, eczema all over my body going, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like there's really got like, no, buck stops here. Mm. How do I get to show up in service in the world and not lose myself in the process? Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, there's uh, many women that uh, I do coaching with and <laughs> this book, 
would absolutely <laughs> save their life, can I just say, because, uh, you know, they come to me and they're struggling to find an ounce of joy in their life, you know, like mm. because they can't find space for themselves. Um, they're too busy doing everything for everybody else and they're like, where, where do I fit in? Um, or I'm in a really shitty job that I'm killing myself at, uh, my husband and I don't get on, um, yeah. the kids are killing me, uh, I just have nothing of me left, you know. So it's like where do you pull that apart for someone and find their joy and their their home, you know. And and this is exactly it, you know. Um, I'm going to reach out to those women I know who I was just talking about and say, <laughs> hey, go get this because uh, uh, it, it would Thank be you. that awakening that they need. Um and, you know, if, if they're willing to at least invest in this, it's a big investment in themselves. Mm, thank you. Mm. Yeah, you know, the two things that came up for me real quick as you were saying that was um, that this book is also for men mm. who, because we all, regardless of gender, carry masculine and feminine mm. energies inside of us. And I feel like for male-bodied people to read this book, they'll have a... Um, they'll get to release the construct of patriarchy within them and how they're supposed to show up as men in the world and just come back home to who they are, whatever that expression is. And that can only help but impact their relationships with women for the better. Absolutely. So if you're a man who is struggling in his marriage or in his job or like struggling to find a sense of purpose or what have you, really who this book for is anyone who is on a threshold moment Mm. going, okay, I've been going left this whole time, but I think it's time to go right. How, (laughs) how do I do that? You know, and this is kind of that internal scaffold for the internal process of how to get from left to right in a way that honors each person authentically. Um, And then I was thinking about those women that you mentioned and like immediately I heard the opening prayer to this book and I name a lot of those exhausting situations in that opening prayer. Mm. In fact, I use the word tired a lot, but I end that prayer with the word resilience and ready, right? You may be tired in all of these parts of your life, but you are a woman who has this book in her hands. And so by nature, you are resilient and you are ready to make a change. Mm. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I was like, you know, there's tired and then there's soul tired, you know, like, (laughs) which my goodness, this book can certainly help with. Um, You know, one thing that came to me when I was reading the book uh, and I was like, oh, this again is no coincidence. You may remember you received a T-shirt. I did. Listen, feel, know. And aligns <laughs> with this. It does, doesn't it? I sure did. The beautiful stoplight up the middle of the shirt. Which also yeah. relates to the chakras as well. So it's like, yeah. and I can remember I messaged you when I when I got that download and then I made the T-shirts and then I sent you one and you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yes. And now you have one and now we've got the book. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, um, it's something that you said 
listen, feel, know, it makes me think about sacrament one, slow down. Mm. Something that I talk about in slow down, slow way down. is like, this is not about going to the spa. Mm. This is about the heroic act of choosing to create space for yourself where you would ordinarily not have because you would have just, as a good girl does, prioritize everyone else around you instead of yourself. But I asked the question in the book, I'm like, and so how's that working for you? Mm. Really? How does that work for you? How does that feel in your body and in your soul and your heart? How does that feel? And sometimes people don't create that space for themselves because they're actually really terrified of what they're going to find when they do. Right. Mm. When you ask that question of like, listen, think, feel like, Ooh, like you go through that. It's like, Oh shit. I don't want to know what the answer to that is. Cause that means I might actually have to really change yeah. something. Which is the whole point. Wait. <laughs> right. Ethical change. Come on now. <laughs> but like, I'm here to tell you on the other side of that, y'all, like it, like I feel so good. Like I can genuinely look in the mirror and say, I'm happy. Like I love who I am and I'm happy and I have a beautiful life and I love my body and like, holy shit, what a miracle that I get to exist in every day. Mm. And that doesn't mean that everything's perfect, that I have everything that I want far from it. But I feel so good about who I am that when I put my head on the pillow at night, there's no regrets. There's no question. It's so solid and it's so clear. Mm. I wake up the next day and I try it again. (laughs) And that's something that you say often and and it's many conversations, again, that you and I have had um, where you go, uh, you know, how much you love yourself. And, you know, there's so many people who could never say that. I could never say that. And to see someone like you just be so mm, into yourself, (laughs) it's like... It's just so good to see. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Like genuinely, thank you, Bindi, because um, it's not, there. there's a difference, obviously, but uh, between narcissism and arrogance mm. and ego, right? With genuine self-love. Mm. Like I really do love myself, stretch marks and all. Like I really do. And And the reason I do is because I consciously decided to. And I understood somewhere along the way that that was a choice. And I didn't have to play into all of the systems and structures and programs of self-loathing that, you know, misery loves company, right? And Mm. like, no, I'm going to choose to be a woman who loves herself and see what happens because the alternative doesn't feel very good. Nah. You know? Mm. Yeah, And real, real self-love doesn't require all the gadgets and gizmos that the self-care industry offers, right? So mm. those are two different things. I talk about that in the book in Sacrament 2. So, I mean, each one of these sacraments you could take like for a month mm. or for a year, you could practice just one of these. And it is a practice. It's mm. no one, it's not about getting it perfect or doing it right. It's about trying on a practice and see how that feels mm. and then making a choice in the direction of that. And I think it's that just that awareness, that simple consciousness and awareness of that we can do better. 
we can we can love ourselves more. We can be we can show up in the world in a whole different way. Um, and you know, just having that awareness on so many different levels and connecting to that, I think is is really what this is all about. And you know, if if we can, you know, be the change we want people to be. Oh gosh, yeah, um, it's just flowing through me today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's like a personal antidote in the book. I talk about how extreme my change was, right? I'm like, all right, y'all. So at the beginning of writing this book, I was a vegetarian lesbian living in the San Francisco Bay Area, right? (laughs) And by the end of it, I was eating meat in all the ways, right? So I was (laughs) dating men again, and um, I was living on the East Coast, and like almost everything on the seemingly on the outside changed and it wasn't because one was better or one was right and one was wrong it was just like if I'm really tuning in and I'm really being honest with myself what is in alignment and maybe what was in alignment for the last six years was then and it's not anymore and so I can either accept that or resist that Mm. and I decided to accept it and see what happened and on the other side of that you know I I left a fiance and she was extremely angry at me and confused. Um, but I liberated her and myself towards something more honest. Mm. We didn't have to get divorced and have a whole big court proceeding, yeah. you know, in order to be liberated into that. So we've all got our things. Mm. And I think one last thing I wanted to name is I use the word choice a lot in the book. And the word choice can feel really confronting. Um, And issues of like race and privilege often come up when we speak about the word choice. And I, I recognize that I'm a white cisgendered woman in America. And although I've had a queer journey, um, that doesn't mean I don't have certain privileges and, and all sorts of things. Right. So what choice to me in my body, given my background or socioeconomic upbringing or ancestry or any of that might be very different for someone of color from a different part of the world or even a different part of this country or somebody who's transgendered or, you know, and so I, what I say at the beginning of the book is none, none of this is about me telling you what experience for you to have. Mm. That would just be a complete re-traumatization of the patriarchy yeah my prayer is for everyone who picks this up is to take it on for their own how does it make sense for you and no one else Mm. and that's the choice yeah that's the choice and it's 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 all about making it your own you know and how it applies to you um there's no there's no rules around this it's it is what it is for you and and use it how it, it works for you um and that's what I love about it. It can it can fit anyone anywhere in, in whatever stage they're in. Um, so just I think my only recommendation is just start. Just start. Make a start. And one of the things that, uh, you know, you were talking there about uh, choice and, 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 you know, where you've ended up in your change, again, it comes back, it comes back to that um, listen, feel, no. You know, like you, you sat there, you listened to that. And you knew in your gut that 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 was the right thing for you. That felt right. It aligned with you, who you were, 
There was no question in it. It was a fuck yes. And you went for it because it felt right. So, again, it comes back to that listen, feel, know. And if that all aligns, then how can you be off path, you know? Yeah. Um, So, you know, I know that can be hard for some people to come to terms with, particularly if they have to sit and listen to the things that they don't want to and understand that it means that they have to change. Um, But give it a try. Just start. You know, that's all we're about here. Now, Sister Sarah, <laughs> yes. where can we get the book? Okay. So you can get the book on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. You can get it through my website, sarah-grady.com. Um, you can order it from me personally. If you're in the United States, I will send a signed copy to you um, with a little inscription. Um, and now that it's on all the digital platforms, I am doing the very grassroots work of getting it into bookstores around the United States. So Ooh. if you are someone in the States watching this and you're like, Ooh, Ooh, like I, I want that book in my local bookstore. And will you come and give a talk or a workshop or whatever? Yes. Just reach out to me directly. You can, um, contact me via my website or certainly via Instagram or Facebook direct message. Sarah B. Grady. Now, uh, I got mine through Amazon here in Australia, so you can get that worldwide. So jump on, grab it. Um, It took less than a week to get here. So um, look, we're all on the same planet. This stuff can happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just bummed I didn't get a personally signed one. I'm just saying. But anyway. um, Maybe when you come in October. Yeah, hopefully we can (laughs) rectify that. Yeah. Sarah, I can't thank you enough for coming back and joining me on The Ethical Evolution. I hope the world embraces your book as much as I do. Thank you so much, Bindi. It's such a joy and an honour to not just be on this podcast but to be your friend in the world. You know, like really to be on this path with you is such a joy and a gift no matter how much time goes in between some of our messages. Like how cool that your podcast was the thing that brought us together and then sparked this beautiful friendship all the way across the world. You know, we're just healing each other and holding each other (laughs) all the way back home, you know, and it's such a gift. Well, it's more than a podcast and it's because of people like you. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. 
Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hath Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.